Welcome to Stories of Terra. My name is Guy Black, or Ravenhood, on the interwebs, and I'm just a humble storyteller here to draw you into the vast world of Terra by Riot Games. If you haven't already been able to figure it out, thanks to the incredible Netflix series Arcane, which my wife and I just finished and is absolutely incredible, the Riot Games community has crafted a wonderful universe filled with stop! Hammer time. But now you got to figure out which champ I'm going to do. Each week, we jump into the Riot Games universe and narrate something from the world of Runeterra off of the Riot Games universe site. Think of it as an audio book of League stories and lore. This week's story and the last of our arcane character survey is Jace, the Defender of Tomorrow. And now for my terrible impression. Picking a fight with me is the dumbest thing you've done today. And that's saying a lot. Feeling some Superman hero vibes. Jace is a brilliant inventor who has pledged his life to the defense of Piltover and its unyielding pursuit of progress. With his transforming Hextech hammer in hand, Jace uses his strength, courage, and considerable intelligence to protect his hometown. While revered throughout the city as a hero, he hasn't taken well to the attention heroism brings. Still, Jace's heart is in the right place, and even those who envy his natural skills are grateful for his protection in the City of Progress. And now for his biography. A native son of Piltover, Jace was raised to believe in the principles that made the city great. Invention. Discovery. Not going to Zaun if you could help it. With a knack for understanding machinery, Jace earned the honor of being the youngest apprentice to ever be offered patronage by Clan Giopara, one of Piltover's most respected ruling clans. Utterly unsurprised, Jace took the offer and spent most of his early years constructing potential Hextech devices and designing transformable multi-tools for Piltover's working class. A wrench that transformed into a pry bar, a pickaxe that could morph into a shovel, a hammer that could turn into a demolition beam, if only it had a sufficiently powered battery. Everything Jace touched put his contemporaries to shame. Most things came easy to Jace, and he could never understand why his peers had so much trouble with what, to him, were simple concepts. As a result, nearly everyone who worked alongside Jace found him arrogant, dismissive, and unwilling to slow his pace to help his colleagues catch up. As time went on, his patience became shorter, while at the same time, a chasm grew between decorum, charm, and Jace's natural demeanor. Only one person ever managed to match Jace's intelligence while also maintaining a healthy indifference to his superior attitude. His name was Victor. The two met at a mandatory progress day party and immediately bonded over how little either of them wanted to be there. They started working together shortly after. Victor expanded Jace's intellectual horizons and challenged many of his assumptions. While Jace sought to improve humanity via versatile technology, Victor sought to solve problems inherent to humanity itself, such as physical decay or illogical prejudices. They constantly argued with one another, but their conflicts never got personal. Though their methods were different, the two colleagues knew their ultimate goals were very much the same. 
More than that, they knew what it was to be ostracized by their colleagues. Victor because of his unconventional thinking, and Jace because of his rudeness. Together, Jace and Victor invented a mechanized construction suit for Piltover's dock workers. Something hardy enough to enhance the wearer's strength, but light enough that its wearer wouldn't immediately drown upon falling overboard. However, the two reached an impasse when Victor's design for the next version of the suit included a Kimtech implant that would increase the wearer's strength output by tenfold, while also preventing them from getting tired, panicking, or disobeying instructions from their superiors. While Victor considered this feature a brilliant means of reducing the frequency of construction accidents, Jace found its indifference towards free will immoral. The two nearly came to blows over the design, and ultimately, after Jace warned the Academy of Victor's invention, Victor was stripped of his honors and ostracized from Piltover's scientific community. Victor was the closest thing Jace ever really had to a friend, and distraught over their falling out, went back to working on his own. He grew more insular. His patience toward others grew even thinner. As Jace studied in solitude, Clan Gioparas explorers discovered a raw blue crystal deep within the Shariman Desert. Though Jace volunteered to experiment on it, specifically by suggesting the clan's other scholars wouldn't be smart enough to get anything out of it, his lack of tact in doing so prompted Clan Giopara to give it to their better-mannered scholars as a form of punishment. Yet, after many months, the scholars reached a unanimous conclusion. The crystal was worthless, a power-drained hunk of rock. The disappointed clan leaders finally handed the crystal over to Jace, assuming that even he, with his remarkable intelligence, wouldn't be able to learn anything from it. Something from within the crystal called to Jace. No, more than that, it sang to him. He couldn't explain why, but he knew the Shareem and Jim still held mysteries yet to be discovered. He spent many months running every variety of test on the crystal. He braced it into a cogwheel centrifuge, he superheated it and deep froze it, he tinkered and observed and hypothesized and beat his head against his copper pantograph. <sighs> Quite simply, Jace wasn't used to working hard, and this damned crystal was the first thing that ever resisted his considerable mental aptitude. For the first time, he realized how his peers must have felt trying so hard to solve a problem only to bump against your own limitations. It felt frustrating. It felt unfair. And it probably felt much, much worse if you were working along someone, an arrogant inventor, who dismissed your every effort. Jace realized that despite how dismissive he'd been towards his fellow scholars, none of them ever gave up. None of them ever stopped seeking the very things that defined Piltover progress, discovery, and if they wouldn't give up, Jace decided he wouldn't either. And maybe he'd try to be nicer. Maybe. Jace approached the problem from a completely different angle. Rather than trying to experiment on the crystal as a whole, he wondered, why not run more invasive experiments on a smaller shard? Jace chiseled off a piece of the crystal and suspended it in a liquid alloy. As he sent a voltaic current through the liquid metal, Jace's eardrums were nearly shattered from the booming baritone note that blasted from the shard. Heat radiated from the crystal, and with a flash, it glowed bright enough to nearly blind him. This was unexpected. 
this was potentially dangerous. But this was progress. Jace couldn't erase the smile from his face as he worked well through the night into the dawn. The next day, Jace was surprised to find his old friend Victor on his doorstep. Alerted by the massive power spike from the crystal shard, Victor had a simple proposition. Since his expulsion from the Piltoven scientific community, Victor had commenced work on a secret project in Zaun. He'd finally learned how to achieve his dream, how to eradicate disease, hunger, hatred. If Jace joined him, the two would accomplish more than anyone from Piltover or Zaun could have dreamed of. They'd save humanity from itself. Jace had heard a monologue like this before from Victor, and he never liked where it led. Victor told Jace that he only needed one thing for his glorious evolution, a power source like Jace's crystal. Jace disagreed, informing Victor that what he truly needed was a moral compass. Victor, who had long grown tired of Jace's rudeness, leapt upon him, grabbed the crystal, and knocked Jace unconscious with it. When Jace awoke hours later, he noticed that though the Shuriman crystal was gone, Victor hadn't seemed to notice or care about the smaller shard. Jace knew whatever Victor was planning, he would only resort to these measures if he was close to completion. Even though he didn't know what Victor's glorious evolution consisted of, it probably didn't have a lot of respect for the free will of others. Without wasting a second, Jace retrieved the suspended shard and installed it into a massive transforming hammer, a demolitions invention he'd abandoned years ago for lack of a strong enough battery to power it. Though he had no idea where Victor might have taken the crystal, he could feel the Hextech hammer vibrate, pulling him not north, not south, not east or west, but down toward the undercity of Zaun. The shard, eager to be reunited with the crystal from which it was chiseled, eventually led Jace to a warehouse in the depths of the sump, where the cavernous building, Jace found something horrifying. Dozens of corpses, their skulls sawed open and hollowed out, their brains transplanted into an army of immobile metal soldiers, hooked up to the now pulsing crystal. This was the first step in Victor's glorious evolution. Jace's stride grew less confident as he approached Victor. He and Victor had not always seen eye to eye, but this, this was something else entirely. For the first time, it occurred to Jace that he might have to kill his old friend. He called out to Victor, flinching as the army of robots stood to attention. Jace asked him to look around, to see what he was doing. Whatever this was, this evolution, wasn't the progress they fought for in their youths. He even, to Victor's surprise, apologized for acting like such a jerk. Victor sighed. He only had two words in response. Kill him. The automaton sprinted towards Jace, breaking free of the wires connecting him to the crystal and introducing Jace to another new emotion. Panic. He gripped the hammer tight, realizing he'd never actually used it before. When the first golem was within reach, he swung as hard as he could, feeling the shard's energy surge through his muscles, accelerating the hammer's movement until Jace was worried it might fly out of his hands. 
It slammed into the automaton, all but exploding it in a hail of metal. Despite the obliteration of their comrade, the other machines didn't even pause as they rushed to Jace, trying to pummel him into unconsciousness. Jace analyzed the formation of the mechanical wave coming at him and attempted to quickly calculate how to take out the largest number of them with the fewest amount of swings. It was pointless. They were on him before he could even swing once. As he fell to the ground under a storm of their blows, Jace saw Victor looking on. Not with triumph, but with sadness. He'd outsmarted Jace, ensuring humanity's future, but he knew that future came at a cost. He couldn't let his old friend live. Jace vanished under a sea of swinging metal limbs. That's when Jace, for the first time in his life, decided to stop thinking and just break stuff. No longer caring for his own safety, Jace used every last bit of strength he had to break free from Victor's automatons. He sprinted to the glowing crystal and struck it with all the Hextech's enhanced force his hammer could muster, crushing the mystical object. Victor cried out in horror as the crystal shattered into fragments, the shockwave blasting them all backward as the army of automatons collapsed lifelessly to the floor. The very foundations of the warehouse shook, and Jace barely managed to escape before the entire building toppled. Victor's body was never found. Upon his return to Piltover, Jace informed his clan masters of Victor's nefarious plans. Soon, Jace found himself a topic of discussion in both Zaun and Piltover alike. Hailed for his quick thinking in a time of crisis, Jace became a beloved figure at at least amongst those who hadn't met him, earning himself a nickname, the Defender of Tomorrow. Jace cared little for the adoration of his fellow Piltovans, but he took the nickname to heart. He knew that Victor was still out there, plotting his revenge. One day, maybe someday soon, an awful lot of trouble was headed for Piltover, and Jace would be waiting. Well, if you guys are watching the Arcane series, this is not the same Jace backstory that is in Arcane. Unless, of course, Arcane takes place before this series. Because we noticed both with the Vi and the Jinx lore that they were not off, but there were some few idiosyncrasies, so I don't know enough about that. I just read these stories for you guys to enjoy. I would see if Necrit has anything, um, so see if he does. I'll look too. All right, quick break, and we'll be right back with Jace's short story, A Quick Fix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now for the color story of Jace's, entitled, A Quick Fix. 
Any fool could have predicted that Victor would stray back at some point. If one weren't a fool, one might predict the exact date and time of an attempted counterattack. Jace was not a fool. He stood in his workshop, bathed in sun rays from his skylight, surrounded by dozens of artifacts of his own genius. Gearwork boots that could cling to any surface, a knapsack with articulated limbs that always kept the user's tool within easy reach. Greater than all these inventions, however, was the weapon that Jace now held in his hands. Powered by a Shariman shard, Jace's transforming Hextech Great Hammer was renowned throughout Piltover, but he tossed it from his hand to hand as if it were any other tool in his workshop. Three sharp taps echoed from Jace's door. They were here. Jace had prepared for this. He'd run an experiment on Victor's discarded automata. He'd intercepted the mechanical communications. Any second, they'd beat down his front door and try to rip away his Hextech hammer. After that, they'd try to do the same with his skull. Try being the operative word. He flicked the switch on the hammer's handle. With an energetic sizzle, the head of Jace's masterpiece transformed into a Hextech blaster. He took aim. He stood his ground, watched the door open, his finger tightening on the trigger, and he almost blasted a seven-year-old girl's head off. She was tiny and blonde and would have seemed adorable to anyone who wasn't Jace. The girl pushed the door open and walked in with shuffling, tentative steps. Her ponytail swished to and fro as she approached Jace. She kept her head down, ever avoiding his gaze. He had two hypotheses regarding why she might refuse eye contact. She was hugely impressed to be in the presence of someone so acclaimed. Or she was working for Victor and about to surprise him with a chem bomb. Her blushing indicated it was likely the former. My, my soldier broke, she said, proffering a limp metal knight, its arm bent backwards at a perverse angle. Jace didn't move. Please leave or you'll probably die. The child stared at him. Also, I don't fix dolls. Find someone with more time on their hands. Tears began to well up in her eyes. I don't... I don't have any money for an artificer in my... M- she said, stifling a sob. Mother made me, made him for me before she passed, and... Jace furrowed his brow, and for the first time in quite a while, blinked. If it's so precious to you, why did you break it? I didn't mean to. I took him to the Progress Day feast, and someone bumped into me, and I dropped him. And I know I should have just left him at home, but... Yes, you should have. It was stupid of you. The girl opened her mouth to speak, then stopped herself. Jace had seen this kind of reaction before. Most everyone he met had heard stories of his legendary hammer and his unyielding heroism. They expected grandeur. They expected humility. They expected him not to be a massive jerk. Jace inevitably disappointed them. What's wrong with you? She asked. Most facets of my personality is so I've been told, he replied without hesitation. 
The child furrowed her brow. She shoved the broken doll in his face. Fix it, please. You'll just break it again. I won't. Look, he said. Little girl, I'm very busy and... Something flitted across the skylight, casting a quick shadow on the two of them. Anyone else would have assumed it was nothing more than a falcon passing overhead. Jace knew better. He fell silent. A wry smile spread across his face as he yanked the girl towards his workbench. The thing is, he said, machines are very simple. He lifted a large, thin sheet of bronze and began to hammer its corners with sharp taps. They're made of discrete parts. They combine and recombine in clear, predictable ways. He beat the sheet over and over and over again until it took the form of a smooth dome. People are more complicated. They're emotional, they're unpredictable, and in nearly every case, they're not as smart as me, he said, drilling a clean hole into the top of the dome. Now, usually that's a problem, but sometimes their stupidity works in my favor. Is this about my doll or... Sometimes they're so insecure in their inferiority, so desperate to take their revenge, that they make a foolish mistake. He grabbed a shining copper rod and screwed it into the center of the dome. Sometimes people fail to protect their most precious assets. He said, nodding at her tin soldier before holding aloft the newly reformed metal umbrella. And sometimes that means instead of assaulting my workshop through the more obvious front door, they try to take, he looked upward, the more dramatic approach. He handed her the umbrella, which took all of her meager strength to keep aloft. Hold this. Don't move. She opened her mouth to respond, only to yelp in surprise that the skylight shattered above her. Glass bounced off the makeshift umbrella like rain as a half dozen men leapt down to the floor. Tubes of bright green chems protruded from the base of their necks, connecting to their limbs. Their eyes were dead, their faces emotionless. They were definitely Victor's boys, all right. Drugged punks from Zahn's sump level whom Victor had pumped full of hallucinogens and hypnotics. Kim stunted thugs who would follow Victor's every whim whether they wanted to or not. Jace had been expecting to see automatons, but Victor likely couldn't have gotten so many through Piltover unnoticed. Still, these Kim slaves were just as much a danger. They turned toward Jace and the girl. Before they reached the pair, however, Jace's Hextech blaster exploded with voltaic energy. An orb of Hextech-powered lightning shot out from its core and detonated in the middle of the group. The Kim slaves slammed into the workshop's immaculate walls. So much for the element of surprise, huh, Victor? A hulking brute of a machine leapt down amongst the pile of unconscious Kim slaves. It looked, Jace thought, like a cross between a minotaur and a very angry building. Watch out! The girl yelped. Jace rolled his eyes. I am watching him. Stop panicking. I have the situation well in... Ow! He said, interrupted as the metal beast rammed him in the chest. The beast sent Jace hurtling backward. He landed on a rolling cart, his back cracking from the impact. Grunting, he pulled himself to his feet as the beast charged again. That's the last time you touch me, 
he said. Jay swung his Hextech weapon as hard as he could, transforming it back into a hammer mid-swing. The Minotaur lowered its head to ram Jace again, foolishly ignoring the weapon's arc. The hammer found its mark with a resounding crunch. The Minotaur, its head caved all the way back into its metal neck, collapsed to the floor. A cloud of escaping steam hissed from its carcass. Jace pulled back the hammer again, readying for another attack. He watched the skylight. A few minutes passed. Soon enough, he seemed satisfied the assault was over. He tried to step back toward his workbench, only to double over in pain, grasping at his stomach. The girl rushed to his side. It still hurts where he tackled you, huh? Obviously. <coughs> then maybe you shouldn't have let him, she said. That was stupid of you. Jace raised an eyebrow at the kid. Her eyes widened, unsure if she'd crossed a line. A slow smile crept across his face. What's your name? Amaranthine. Jace sat at his workbench and grabbed a screwdriver. Give me the doll, Amaranthine, he said. A massive grin broke out on her face. So, so you can fix it? Jace smirked at her. There's nothing I can't fix. Well, that was certainly a quaint story. Very different. Again, these last couple Saturday episodes for Champs have kind of been hitting the the big arcane characters, Vi, Caitlin, Jinx, and Jace. So since I've hit all of those, one day I will definitely do Victor. But I got a couple other things that I want to get out to you guys. Uh, so I'm going to do those. But man... I'm really curious to know if maybe the arcane setting is slightly different because I know the the like organization of Piltover versus Zaun in the like written world of Runeterra is literally above and under and in arcane they're more kind of separated like uh, like by a large body of water and so undercity is less literal but in the story here, it's literal Undercity. Anyway, so curious to see if maybe something develops in the upcoming seasons or if we're just kind of letting that idiosyncrasy between one and the other go. Regardless, if you haven't watched Arcane, you should. Incredible show. Anyway, thanks for listening to Stories of Runeterra. Hit us up middle of the week on Wednesday for our next set of the Shadow and Fortune miniseries in honor of the Ruined King game. And then next Saturday, I think I have a special listener request to do. So keep your eye out for that. We're going to go to a totally different region and uh, read about some totally different champions appreciate you listening share it with your friends hit me up with hashtag stories of runeterra on the social medias to let me know what you think or uh, anything from there appreciate you